0: I was horrified. So I did what I always did if I needed to. I cried. This is
1: Legacy Stories from Older Generations for insight into the world today. I'm Michelle Harvin.
0: My father was killed at Normandy and is buried at Normandy. And both his brothers were wounded, his younger brother, four times in the Battle of the Bulge. That's Jan. My name is Jan Evans-Hauser. I'm 83. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. She grew up in the
1: 40s and 50s, a product of the military. She never lived in one place very long. And as a child, she traveled with high-powered people regularly. Jan is the type to casually throw in that her stepfather had dinner with the Roosevelt's every day at the White House. From the very beginning, her life was like a movie, almost literally. We lived to West Point for four years, four Adela Cares.
0: They were wonderful. I love that.
1: West Point, the exclusive and famed military academy, is steeped in history. It has an array of impressive graduates, such as two presidents, a host of wartime generals... 18, NASA astronauts, and it's central to Jan's earliest memories.
0: I went to kindergarten, first, second, third year of school there, and I was taught to swim by Marty Marr, who is a well-known institution there. Oh, who's there? Martin Marr from Ireland, Your Honor. Advance Martin Marr to be recognized. Recognized? <laughs> How would you be recognizing me? I only set foot in
1: this country last night. A movie was made about Marty Marr in 1955 called The Long Gray Line.
0: What is this place?
1: Is it maybe a prison or or is it a loony house? This is the United States Military Academy. Directed by John Ford, it tells the story of an Irish immigrant who works himself to the top of the academy, eventually becoming an athletic instructor. He didn't know how to swim
0: himself, but he could teach us. He stood me at the end of the swimming pool with my front towards him and uh, a rope that went up to the ceiling, and he could pull it, and I'd go out in the water, and he could let it down, then I'd swim back to him. With a rope around you? With a rope around me.
1: In swimming, there are four things to master. Confidence, timing, relaxation, and breathing. The breath stroke is the best... <laughs>
0: It was just a very happy existence, and the family were all there, and I loved the cadets in their uniforms. Of course, there were no women then. That was not thought of. of I'm sure none of the men in my family ever wanted a woman there.
1: Even though Jan would never be allowed to wear the uniform in her lifetime, her existence became dedicated to serving the military in one form or another. The fact that she's a woman never seemed to take away from the power she naturally radiates, even from an early age. At 15, Jan moved to Japan for the American occupation following World War II. Her stepfather was a general with the First Corps. We went to Japan, Kyoto, the best place in the world. And she lived the military's
0: mission to put Japan back on its feet. Well, we lived across from the Imperial Palace in Kyoto in a magnificent English tutor house and we had 20 servants, because you had servants per square foot of your house. You're trying to put these people back to work. We were not allowed to eat the Japanese food then. We had hydroponic places, but the reason being that we did not want to take food away from the Japanese. One night, early on during her time in Japan. We were at our house, and we'd only been there a week or 10 days, My mother was having a dinner party that night for General Swing and all the top colonels and top brass. General Joseph Swing was a decorated Army
1: general and commander of the southern half of Japan, where Jan's family was located.
0: I was only 15, so I wasn't invited. And she was down in the china room getting the china out for the dinner party. It was her first dinner party. And it would be a momentous one. When the earthquake came and I rushed to the doorway and I stood and I could see the lantern going, rocking back and forth. Well, they knew there was an earthquake in Kyoto, but they didn't know where because of communications. But then they realized it was in the area of Fukui because there was no communication there. And General Swing, while they were having dinner, asked me to man the telephone in our house, which was the only... So I was manning the telephone to MacArthur's headquarters. This was General Douglas MacArthur. He was the one leading the U.S. mission to reconstruct the Japanese government. And I was helping to set up this train in which we took food provisions, medical supplies, and Jeeps so that when we got there, we had transportation. And I had the nerve and audacity to ask General Swing, whom I'd never met before and was my stepfather's boss, and I was aware of that, if I could go on the train with him, because I felt I'd helped. And he said yes. Well, I think my family were aghast. The general had a 22 year old daughter there, Mary Ann. General Swing gave me the job of taking care of a pregnant woman and the dependents on the train back. He didn't give his daughter, who was 22 and I was 15, any job at all. <laughs> Jan and Marianne are put in the
1: train's stateroom as they head to the town where the earthquake struck. I had the
0: upper bunk, and she had the lower, and it was next to General Swings. And I could hear through the partition what was going on. And at about 5.30 in the morning or something like that, I heard this man say that there were 3,000 killed. And I heard General Swing say, calm down, lieutenant, it can't be that bad. General Swing never wanted to accept bad news because he felt it was his fault. I mean, it was in his territory. He had to go see for himself. The person in charge has to go and see what's going on and then see that it's taken care of. So I went with him, with his daughter, and we toured around. We saw it. As we went in to Fukui, on one side were all these people going in because they had family there. And they wanted to see whether they were alive. And on the other side, people coming out because they had survived. And it was still burning. And, you know, it was, it was a real experience for me.
1: It was a 6.8 magnitude, the strongest the area still to this day has endured. It damaged more than half the buildings and started fires that
0: took five days to put out. It was on the front page of Life magazine the destruction of the earthquake in Fukui. We're probably the only people alive from out, you know, outside of Fukui who uh, had, or I would be, who would know the story. That day was
1: pivotal for Jan, not only because she aided in military recovery efforts
0: as a teenager, but it was how she met her husband. And he would always say that, um, how do you put this? He'd met me in an earthquake, and he'd been shook up ever since. The lieutenant who informed General Swing of the death
1: toll on the phone became Jan's husband. They both lived and breathed the military. Later on, her husband's work would bring Jan to another operation abroad.
0: In 1959,
1: Jan, with child in tow, moved to Cuba when it was rampant with corruption, crime, and mobs. Her husband was part of efforts to retain U.S.-Cuban relations as Fidel Castro took over during the revolution. So, they picked up their life and relocated to Cuba.
0: It was a very exciting time. My husband was serving with the Foreign Service, and we'd been given the wonderful assignment of a Havana, Cuba. We had an eight-month-old daughter. We thought we'd have another one in Cuba, that we would be there for a four-year tour. And we took absolutely everything we owned from our Washington house, which we emptied out and rented out and went off to Havana.
1: How much? Like, what were you bringing with you? Like, beds?
0: Oh, oh, uh, uh, four floors of furniture. I mean, we have a huge house here in Washington, and we took everything. Um, Everything. And an automobile. Mm -hmm. Took a car. Well, oh, that was nothing compared to all the everything else we took. No, we were going to be there four years.
1: During the 1920s, Cuba gained the reputation for being a haven for all things sinful, including gambling and prostitution. Paired with its beautiful beaches and cheap flights, it quickly caught on with the American masses, along
0: with mobster kingpins. I think at the time, I was told that it was the largest overseas post we had. Because we had so many tourists coming from the United States there, so they had a lot of people to take care of. But they were all different sections of the embassy. Before they
1: left, Jan had to take lessons on how to conduct herself as a diplomat's wife.
0: I had to go to the wives' school to learn my manners and to learn about how I was to do calls on the ambassador's wife first and then the next in charge. Making calls is a lost art. It was
1: done most often in aristocratic or military families, and it meant actually going to the person's house and leaving a calling card with the maid or door person.
0: And it was a big job, and by the time I had made 64 calls, I knew my way around Havana. I knew all the women. Now, they didn't have to be at home, but if they were at home, they had to be ready and dressed to receive in Havana, you were taught, you turn down one corner to mean one thing and another corner to mean another. And it, when you arrive, and it, I mean, it's a, it's a whole etiquette book. And um, we had to do everything the way we were supposed to do, and we did.
1: And that was your duty as a... As a wife. Just before they left, talk of Fidel Castro's new government was concerning the Americans. Although the U.S. recognized the new regime, they were growing wary of the executions and communist tendencies.
0: But after three weeks, my husband came to me and he said, I had no idea what the situation was here. We will not be renting a house and taking all our things out of storage. And I was horrified. So I did what I always did if I needed to. I cried.
1: They wouldn't be staying the four years as expected, but they still went for as long
0: as they could. At this time, people were leaving Havana, and we rented a lovely house with a playhouse in the garden for our daughter, complete with a toilet and running water and so forth, sink. And we had help for a dollar a day, and the cart would go every morning in front of our house with all the fresh vegetables and things that you could buy and we joined the country club and then shortly after it it was requisitioned and taken over by the government it was to be the place if we ever had to leave we could leave from but then that disappeared Jan didn't
1: witness any anti-American sentiment when she was there she only talks about how nice her neighbors were and how much she enjoyed being part of the community but there was always an
0: underlying anxiety my husband always had an airplane ticket for me to leave, and often wanted me to, and I refused to. Just as the Americans
1: were becoming disheartened and relations were beginning to deteriorate, Jan became pregnant.
0: The situation um, was not good. It was not good. And it was too bad. It was too bad. I was due to have a child, and a lot of the doctors had left and so forth. My family were horrified. I mean, the doctor, the medicines, I mean, things had gone down. That would not be a, a very good time to have a child there.
1: After a year, the Evans left Havana. Just as she packed all her stuff to travel to Cuba, she had to pack it all
0: back up. I worked a week in the garage, the door shut, not letting anyone know that we were leaving. And my husband came on the ferry with us, and... We got to the United States, and I was so sort of relieved, you know, to be back home after serving our country and happy to do so under situation. I'm an Army brat, so, you know, I'm used to things. Jan's
1: husband went back to Cuba after seeing her safely in the States. In a last-ditch effort, the CIA planned a mission called the Bay of Pigs to overthrow Castro with an army of American-trained Cuban exiles. It was a complete disaster, and in 1961, Jan's husband helped close the embassy. Being one of the last Americans in Cuba, and now after 54 years seeing the moment when the embassy reopened, Jan believes this is a step in the right direction.
0: Well, I generally feel that it doesn't help anybody to have no relations at all because it closes out your communication and even if you aren't on good terms you disagree how are you going to get back together if you can't have communications Legacy is produced by
1: me, Michelle Harvin remember to subscribe to keep up to date on all our episodes Check out my Twitter at Michelle Harvin to find all the links and to see some cool extra stuff like pictures and videos of our incredible storytellers. Or you can go to LegacyThePodcast.com to see all that and more. Logo design by Elise Harvin. Tech by Chris Herbert. And thanks to everyone who has helped in one way or another. Thanks for listening and remember to tune in next week. You don't want to miss it.